from the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world, this is the Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Bill George. Hour number three is here. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Big and Wild Outdoors this Saturday morning from 7 to 10 a.m. We thank you so much for being here with us. It's Braden Gunn and Bill George in here uh, hanging out, holding down the fort while everybody is uh, out messing around today. And uh, if you heard during the break there, uh, I guess it's been confirmed. We're okay. We're going to be out uh, broadcasting live on September 12th. We're going to be out on location. We're going to be out there with the uh, Trinity Sportsman's Ministries uh, for their uh, big annual clay shoot that they do every single year out of Fishhawk Sporting Clays. I don't know if I'm going to be able to shoot this year because I have to probably go hang out at work for a little bit, but uh, you going to try to shoot? I did. I did. I I do plan on shooting, and I did talk to Carlos to try and make sure that – if he was interested in coming on out, that's one of the things that uh, we've had a little rivalry over a couple years where twice I sh- I beat him with his gun. With his own shotgun? With his shotgun, yeah. <coughs> and so I, Why don't I, you get out there and uh, do it with your own and see if there's maybe something. Uh, I told uh, him, I, I said to him, I, says, I, may, I may let him win this year. Oh, is that what I mean? Yeah, I may pull a couple. What you ought to do is you ought to show up with your own ammo and your own shotgun and go out there and shoot like a, a like Braden a ten gauge you know three inch uh, you know number you nine can't shot. Do that you uh, can't do that. That would be uh, interesting to get out there and whop them up with a ten no, gauge. See what they you do, do. They do have restrictions on the the <laughs> course as to yeah what loads you can use. You can uh, go and register online if you want to be a part of it. You can go as a team or as an individual. It's okay. Uh, usually individuals, if they go out there, they'll put you in with a group of guys and maybe a short somebody. Or if you and another person want to team up with somebody else, that's even better. You can go to uh, trinitysportsmansministry.com and uh, just go to their programs and events page. And they have the listing for the for the whole shebang out there. I think it's uh, 75 bucks for uh, an individual if you want to go out there and shoot. If you got a youth that would like to come out and shoot, ages 11 through 16, it's 50 bucks per kid to go out there and do that. As a foursome, that's probably your best bet out there. You can do it for around 275 and get out there and do it if it's a youth group, if you want uh, the kids, because they have a lot of youth shooters out there that are really good. Kicking my butt, that's They're for really sure. really good. A team of kids out there is going to be around 250 to go out there and do that. Remember, that's ages 11 through 16. And it would be nice if uh, an adult was there with them as they hang out. And if you want to go out there and do it, you can buy your green clay uh, additional fees. And then you got a practice round. You can go do that. And then, of course, if you want to rent a cart or bring your own, that's all, all well and good. You can do that while you're out there as well. If you'd like to become a sponsor for any of the events or all that kind of stuff, they have different levels, of course. And they uh, include all kinds of great things, which a lot of people do because it makes it easier. Yeah. If you go out there and you're a uh, 
like a uh, silver guy out there. It's basically just your team, and you get a, a little advertising out there in one of the stations or that kind of thing. Most people opt for the gold because it's only a couple of bucks more. Uh, for $600, you get a whole team, you get one banner, you get a cart, and you also get a gift out there. And, of course, they do raffles, and they got lunch and everything else like that. And if you're going to have a big old group, you can become a platinum sponsor out there for 1000 You get two teams, two banners, two carts, and, of course, everybody gets a nice little gift. So it's all good. But we're going to be out there broadcasting live from uh, 7 to 10. Get ready, as they always do every year. They always get out there and set up and usually have coffee and donuts and all that stuff for everybody who gets there early. And um, a lot of people show up early to this event because everybody comes in, lends a hand, putting out tables, putting out event items, putting out uh, giveaway stuff and getting things ready to go. And then everybody piles into their carts, and all you hear in the distance is pop And usually we turn around, they they get underway before we finish broadcasting and then we run out there and have to hurry up and uh and catch try and up. get shoot shoot and catch up <laughs> yeah uh well so far it's just you carlos you think jonathan's well, gonna think stay Jonathan in, uh, will come and, some... and if you don't think uh you're gonna be able to do it i'll see if glenn's not shooting with one of the church teams to uh see if he'll come on get out there tr- with his trusty charles daly jc or is jc higgins jc yeah. <laughs> higgins He's good with it. Well, he's been shooting it all of his life, and so he knows it very well, and that, that helps when yeah. you do that. Uh, it's coming up on September 12th, so you got a little bit of time to go and get your team together and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be out at the Fishhawk Sporting Clays, and uh, it's a beautiful place if you've never been there before. They've got a great events out there every single year. Are they still doing the Dove Field? I don't even know if they're doing the Dove I don't know if they're field. doing the Dove Field. <sighs> we can find out while we're there. Since it'll be just prior to dove season. <clears throat> be nice to get in on the ground floor on that one, man, because they are loaded up out there, man. There is a ton of Listen, doves out there. I, I find if you turn around and you disc up the ground and have dirt and gravel in pro- close proximity to water, you don't need seed. That is true. <laughs> that is true. I know, and I know a lot of people that, that do that for dove fields. If they got a pond or something out there, and it's out there, and you disc, they they come down for the uh, for the grit. You the know? grit, and that is not baiting. No, it is not. It is uh, it's perfectly natural to be out there and go do that thing kind of thing. I've been I've been in a few construction sites that uh, maybe were or were not active construction sites, shooting doves before as a youth. <laughs> I will say that the the place that we used to have down in Manatee County, like I was talking about earlier, was probably the second best dove field I'd ever been on in my life. The first dove field, by far, greatest amount of birds taken by four people out there um, legally in the shortest amount of time. The old days, number three on my list would have been the old celery fields down off Fruitville Road down south. We used to go all the way down there, but when there was such a thing as yeah, now woods they're, now they're houses and everything else. But when they were building the connector of 275 from the Sunshine Skyway Bridge to 75, that straight through shot right there, when they cut all the trees out through there and they had left nothing but all that caliche gravel stuff, whatever it is that you know, they used as the base for the road, doves loved it. And, I mean, there would be clouds of them coming in there just to land on that road, get gridded up, and then move on. 
that was the best. There was no seed, no nothing. It was just dirt-based gravel, whatever it is that they put out there. Yep. And the doves could not get there quick enough to fill up and eat and, and eat it and then move on. Boom, 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 boom. Okay, we're done. <laughs> and then go next weekend. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Okay, we're done. The other uh, the- they, until that until they start till they paved it over. That was the greatest dove field I'd ever been on in my life. Seriously, it's crazy. The other thing I always did very good with, but but uh, you push the the absolute legal limits of shooting is I get out there in around the mangroves. And as the doves come to fly in in the evening, you can absolutely have a great shoot inside of 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, that was that was the beauty about the small field that we had down in Manatee because you had – it was a, a old tomato field when it was fallow. You know, it was just mm. dirt, so they were easy to find. And uh, they would be down there to pick up gravel and stuff. There was one strand of power line across the middle of the field – in the middle of it was that elephant grass. On the west side was the mangroves, and on the east side was orange groves. And then, of course, all the trailer parks over in the other areas where old ladies were out there feeding. Oh, look, I got the birds in here. Oh, look, they're everywhere. And they would just fly boo, boo, back and forth. And there are the mangroves, mangroves, man. man, man. I, it was just awesome. You get one to land on that wire, don't shoot it. Leave it right there. Yep. He'll, He'll bring in every other one from miles around. All right, taking a break. It is the first one of the hour. Give us a call, 888-404-1010, 888-404-1010. We are the bigger wild outdoors, brought to you by Random Ford. Stay right down. Saturday morning, Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you for being here with us. Bill George here now in his little high chair. Got the thing high enough? You all right? You're about 17 feet off the ground. You feeling uh, big and proud up there? You you all good there, King Richard? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, are you sure? Yeah. Uh, okay. You guys are in there I, chit-chatting again. I got to see to you eye to eye. You know, if I'm, what? I just got to look at you eye to eye. Oh, is that if what I'm it is? If I'm sitting there with the low rider, you know. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? He, he, I'm in the tall chair, so you got to be in the taller chair. Yeah. I, I got you. Uh, talking okay. dove hunting. Oh, wait. Who's on the phone? Good morning, uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Good morning. How are you? How are you? We're, we're fine. Thank we're you. doing thank, wonderful, thank, Jonathan. Thank, How are you doing? Thank you so much for calling. Are you going to uh, have a dove field for us this uh, year? Oh, wait. Is that why you're calling? You're going to tell me the dove field's all ready to go? Okay. Thanks for calling. Bye. Okay. <laughs> that was it. We're done. Hey, that's awesome. What are you doing? Oh, uh, right now I'm just sitting watching rain clouds leave out of here. Where's at, here? Uh, we're in beautiful Bluntstown, Florida. Oh, oh! You get some of those residual showers left over from uh, Laura, Luna, Lena, Lana, Lorena, whatever her name. Yeah, yeah. What? Whichever. I don't know. Whichever one they got going on right now, because apparently there's 
when one's gone, there's two more sitting in the Gulf or somewhere ready to come in right behind it. No, they're, they're in the Atlantic. One of them is supposed to skirt down on the south of the Caribbean, and the other one is out there making up its mind. So, you know, not, not to worry about yet. You're all good. Well, 10-4. So how are things up in Bluntstown? Is it a balmy uh, 89 degrees? What are, you, what are you doing up there? No, it's nice and cool. Oh, it's cooler. Let me rephrase that this morning. Uh, it's probably upper 70s, lower 80s right now, but I'm sure that'll change here within an hour or so. But it's uh, very green. That's very green. nice. Nice. For, for, for somebody who hasn't been here in over two months, it's driving me crazy because I see a lot of uh, bush hogging and tractor time in my future here in the next several weeks. <laughs> well, you know, get uh, don't forget dove season starts uh, pretty soon, so that's a long way to drive. But uh, well, well, while you're up yeah. there on that tractor, I'll send you some gator pictures. Make uh, nice. Let let you know what you're missing. Appreciate that. Keep poking that bear. Really yeah. that. <laughs> well, you know, somebody's got to do the other half, so it's all good. All, all I know is you better apply for tags next year. Oh, I don't know. It's okay. Or I'm going to have to get the spare bedroom ready for you. It's it's okay. <laughs> it's a, hey, my response to that is, in my defense now that I can actually talk, is people want you to do stuff until it comes time to start paying for stuff, and then it's kind of like, uh, well, wait a minute, we might not need to do that right now. Ah, that is true. Correct. Uh, you know, when there's money involved. Now, but then when they see pictures of big alligators, of course, it's, why didn't you do that? Yeah, exactly. Why didn't you call me? Why didn't I get to go? Uh, So are you up there getting stuff prepped up and ready to go for hunting season this year, or are you just going up there to check on stuff? Well, I mean, you guys know with everything I had going on, it was more, I haven't, like I said, I haven't been up here literally in nearly two and a half months, and it was that, and yes, we're going to get the feeders going. I've got the... I let the cat out of the bag with some people who have been messaging me and contacting me that probably around the middle part of December we're going to start taking bookings again for people to do hog hunts and a few other things. So we'll see uh, see what the deer is going to do this year. But the main thing I was here for was uh, for the timber and to do uh, some things with the block grants and all the other good stuff that they've our state has finally, which I will give them uh, that a boy and the girl, and got their stuff together. So the folks up here are finally starting to get some relief nearly three years later. Isn't that crazy? Michael. So, That's incredible. Well, now, are you keeping your feeders running, all that stuff? Your one and done's all whirling up there? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, that's yeah, good. Yeah, they, they, they will be recharged and uh, the – the elusive lights that I have, hog hunting lights I have, are still up and shining. So, game on. <laughs> there you go. It's all good. I mean, it sounds like everything's going to be all right. Uh, we'll have to uh, we'll have to find your uh, uh, heritage commercials. I did somewhere in the Oop. computer somewhere. We'll have to start running those bad boys again. No, ten four. Well, we're we're going to have to get Diego up there to turn around and and do something like right. that. You know. We're going to turn right, right now while get, I'm right now while I'm talking to y'all, I'm watching a buck walk out in the middle of the food plot. So yeah, we're, <clears> we're that's gonna, not a bad sight. We're going to get him out from behind the camera, and we'll put him out in front of the camera. 
Oh, yes, definitely. Di- Diego's definitely going to make a trip up here. Yeah. See? <laughs> You'll be all good. Hey. He-, he wants a turkey, right? You want to shoot a turkey? Yeah, he wants to shoot a turkey. And uh, it's, it's not really an Osceola. It's not really a, you know, you'll get what you get. Oh, no. Oh, no. They say Osceola's go all the way up there now. Nah, I don't know. Oh, yeah, you and I both. It's not an Osceola. <clears throat> it's one of those things. Uh, you know, not to get off the subject of you, but uh, have we reconsidered or thought about uh, things that are, might be happening over in another piece of property when it comes to uh, dove season, or are we going to still have that conversation or not? Oh yes, definitely. Okay, but it's like you said with that whole uh, that whole situation. It's there's so much natural browse and other things that I've got going on. We've got going on over there with the water holes, and uh, me and Dad have been talking about that with a couple of different things we want to start doing. You know, implementing wise on the wildlife side with just the water holes, the briars. Uh, I cannot think, and you guys would probably be able to help me. It's the, there's some, and to me it's a weed, but it has a white flower, and I don't know what what it is. <laughs> How many leaves does it have? <laughs> I don't, it, no, it's like, it's the, Diego it might be able to help like Hey, you don't think, you don't think it's not that kind of, like, come on, guys, let's get, not go to the gutter so fast, shall we? Uh-huh. But it might be sun it, hemp. It, well, no, it's not a type of a hemp, but it's like a, I used to call it milkweed when I did hay. Like I said, I can't yeah. remember exactly what it's called, but I don't know when that stuff blooms. I think every dove in Lake Wales is at our place. Well, that's uh, I mean, that's natural forage, know, so that's a good thing. Uh, pick a, as you said, pick a power line, a fence line, you know, which, FYI, have no problems with that. Just putting it out there. So yeah, but, well, you, know. you know, I used to always tell people that would uh, <clears throat> ask the question about baiting or anything else like that. I'd say, dude, why don't you just go buy yourself? I mean, you can go buy a pack of of uh dove decoys uh for like 20 bucks i mean you, i think you get like four or six of them in there and you know for for 100 bucks i mean you just all you gotta do is just go along and put them along a fence line and if you got some crazy kids you find a dead pine tree or something like that go put them up in that bad boy as long as other doves see other doves there they'll steer and go oh, over safe. there they'll they'll go over there especially <laughs> the bachelors they'll be we, like hey there's chicks over there hello ladies hey <laughs> <are."> <laughs> Where we used to hunt on some of the state fields, they'd put a cable out there. It wasn't a power line, but it was just a cable. Yeah. And I'd take a fishing pole with a weight, and I'd throw it mm-hmm. over the power line, attach the dove to it, and pull the Seen dove up to does. the power line. The decoy. The decoy dove. Yeah. And even though it was hovering just below, I'd then cut the fishing line and stake it in and do a couple of them up there. Even though it was actually below the wire versus above the wire, they didn't care. They don't care as long as they see him over there. Hey, look, I think that's Ralph over there. I'm going to go over oh, and say hi. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. that, that's, the, that's the easiest, oh. cheapest way to do it. <laughs> but I will say. Well, I know guys that used to take brown rags and do that. Like I will a brown say, colored rag or something like that would do that. I will say so. that they turn around and the other people on the dove field look at you real strange when you come <laughs> with a fishing pole. <laughs> But, hey, I remember that was one thing with my grandfather that we used to do all the time was plant dove fields. And we were millet, the uh, oats, you know, the whole nine yards. That yeah. was a big deal. 
Well, like I was, I was trying to tell uh, Rich and everybody back when they were doing theirs, uh, the the big thing out in Texas, of course, is the is the uh, sesame seeds. They just that's just like oh crack. They they just love it, and they come in there from everywhere. But um, there's easier ways to do it without getting into too much trouble. The problem is, is that I know the FWC has done some uh, some great things trying to get dove fields out there in certain areas of the state. They're not easy to do. Um, I know there's some management areas I think you can actually hunt doves in too. Correct. Uh, but um, the thing is, is like if you're trying to get on their dove fields, it's almost an application process, almost like gator hunting. You know, you have to put in your, you know, your it's, five choices of where you want to go. And there's a random drawing, and then you know, mm-hmm. and then the people that I've met that have gone to a couple of them have been extremely disappointed. You know, they make the long I, drive and they I do don't not see anything. Find that the state has offered a good dove field yet they they haven't i don't know if that's because they don't manage them the way that they should by their rules or it's just a piece of ground and they go uh well let's make these people happy and just open it up and see if they get what they get you know it's kind of like that and Mm -hmm. uh, and uh i i think that if they uh, that's probably everybody can find a place to go deer hunting whether it be on their uncle earl's place up in kentucky or tennessee or georgia or alabama or even here in florida there's great opportunities but when it comes to i think the two most asked questions i ever get when it comes to hunting is where can i go get a hog and where can i go dove hunting that's the the two biggest well and it's the two biggest ones people want to go you know they want to take their kids because they can be involved in either one of those you know I think every kid's first job out on a dove field is a bird dog. <laughs> Go get that one. You know, keep your eyes on that one, get him. Dave's the Red Rider. Yeah, and 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 you, and you learn from there. And that was my dad's rabbit dog. Yeah, that's I, it. My job was to chase him out of the ditches. <laughs> yeah, that was me on the squirrel hunts with Dad. He was like, "Go get that one." Okay, I got him. Well, Jonathan, get out there. Send us more pictures of that big old buck out in that field. He sent me one. It's kind of blurry, and his head's down. I can't see anything. Y'all be good, guys. All right, see you, man. Stay healthy. We'll see you in a little while. All right, taking a fast break, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. You want to call us, too, 888-404-1010, We're right here for you. Welcome back, everybody. Big and Wild Outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us here on this uh, beautiful Saturday morning. It's going to be a good day out there at Tampa Bay. Go out and have some fun. Get out there. Do your scouting. Do your stuff. Get all your crazy stuff like that. I'm starting to get giggity-giggity about uh, dove season. I know that I've been harassing uh, Jonathan for quite a while about uh, getting uh, that property, his cattle ranch out there in Lake Wales, a little opened up. And uh, we've been in talking about doing some things maybe starting our own um uh big and wild dove field down there where you know 
the listeners and uh, people who would like to come out and hunt uh, along with us would be a nice place to be and uh, come out for a reasonable fee just to basically cover, you know, the cost of drinks and everything else out there that we would like to provide for making a nice experience for families and friends to come out. Back in the day when I first started listening to this show, you know, y'all used to have a couple customer appreciation days here and there where we'd go and have dinner somewhere and yeah, do sure. some stuff. And, and um, Anything think, for free gator nuggets. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it worked out. We had a, we had a, I enjoyed those, those times out, you know. So we yeah, maybe Well, I mean, do. it's, it's, I think it's a place where, as you mentioned before the break, uh, you know, no, no fault of the FWC, but I always thought of it as a missed opportunity. I really used to, I mean, I've said this to probably many, many officers that I've met in my life. And uh, I always said, if you guys would, Pasco County, uh, uh, Hillsborough County, somewhere in Polk County, if you had a decent field where you could go out there and you could uh, reasonably handle, um, let's say, uh, 50 people. Okay, at a time. What a great opportunity for law enforcement to go out there, shake hands, kiss babies, go out there, answer questions, be involved in the community, go out, have officers there who, who, you know, could uh, answer questions, be out there, be a part of the community. I know they go out and do a lot of volunteer stuff where they go to schools and places like that or even churches and community centers, you know, teaching about wildlife and things like that. My old buddy Greg, he would have been perfect for that. You know, he would have loved to have done something like that. Go out and be at a dove field all day with uh, with like-minded people, you know, out there enjoying the great outdoors and and giving them a, an experience where you could bring kids or your family and be safe and go out there and shoot doves for the day and uh, have a big old pile of feathers by the end of the day and go everybody goes home happy. <laughs> You mean shoot guns in counties that are mostly populated? If you got a big enough area, <laughs> sure, why not? Somebody might complain that they heard a gunshot. The the thing about it is, is uh, it doesn't really matter if, what the what the neighbors say if it's legal. I mean, yeah. it's it's it what it is what it is. We we had an area there off of three hundred one for a while there before they built houses all over it and condos all over it and. Uh, you know, we, we the lady across the lake on the other side, about uh, you know, quarter of a mile away, you know, heard all the po po and the of the shotguns and called the sheriff's department, who came out and said, "What are you guys doing out here?" We said we're dove hunting, and he said, "Okay, that explains the uh, you know the call, why we're here." You know, are you shooting in that direction? And we said, "No, we're not shooting in that direction." But even if we were, that shot ain't making it that far. You know that as well as we do. And he said, yeah, well, she said that, uh, you know, one of the bullets that you guys were shooting bounced off of her back or sliding glass door off her, what do they call it, lanai, you know? And I said, bullet? And he said, yeah, here. She even saved it for me and gave it to me, and he pulled out an entire twenty-two shell and everything. It hadn't even been fired yet. He goes, yeah, she said, this bounced off my window. That you sit there and say, I would like to make a citizen's arrest? No, for, we for, just. For providing a false statement to a police officer? The cop knew it was fake. I mean, nobody, everybody who watches cartoons knows that the whole entire shell does not come out no, of the end of the not gun. Not everybody knows that. It, well, she obviously didn't because uh, she went there and found one of her deceased husband's twenty twos and said, I bounced off the window right there. They're shooting guns. And he went, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go check it out. And uh, so he's like, 
You guys have a good day. Have fun. You know, don't do anything crazy. So off he went. And uh, we had a good time. But, I mean, seriously, I, I know that we, you know, we gave up our uh, our grip and our hold on the Python challenge. We handed that over to the FWC with a brilliant idea, and we brought that to them in the first place, and then they ran with it and tweaked it and made it their own or whatever it is. Fine. Do the same thing with a couple of dove fields in the area. Even northern Pinellas County, you know, I mean, and if you go up into northern Pinellas County, if you went up around Hudson area or somewhere around there and found a, a nice little 30-acre patch that you could go out there and put uh, 20 people out there on a reasonable weekend on a Saturday and a Sunday and then shut down for a week and Saturday and a Sunday and shut down for a week, dude, yeah. they'd make the hand over fist and they would they would really, I think, do a lot when it came to the community. Seriously. Don't you? I do. I do. But that's just, they don't encourage that. They do encourage their officers to be out there, be no, officer they, friendly, and go to, out there and do to, They're not ones that are necessarily going out there and in, initiate that program. The people who try, are within the agency that try to initiate stuff like that tend to be frowned on. Why? Why, Why would they be frowned upon? They just. They're just, let's manage it the way we've been doing it for eons. It's worked. But that doesn't make any sense. No, it's worked. They're the same people. You sit there and you no, say that, but it it's the works. same people who went out there and released quail and, and put little quail feeders and all that other stuff all over management areas to try to reintroduce them and get them back up. Why wouldn't you do the same thing for, for doves? They're not. You're not trying to manage the dove population. You're trying to provide a shooting and killing experience. Yeah, you could call okay. it that if you it's want to be difference. blunt about it. It's different from a biologist trying to bring a species back like quail uh-huh. as opposed to just going out there and letting you hunt. Yeah, but they were bringing the species like quail back so that you could go hunt them. They weren't there just Well, to... that was a side perk. <laughs> that wasn't just, is that what it is? Well... So. Anyways. So they could do classes of field, dove field management, and then when it's done, then they could open it up for dove season. Anyway, I'm, I'm ready to go back to alligator. I'm, I'm ready. I have learned <laughs> what one are you thing. Gonna, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, yes, alligator hunting is getting quite popular, but I'm telling you, given the, there are many, many people who have no inclination whatsoever to go hunt a big old lizard, but would drop everything to go dove hunt. I think dove hunting is a great, great thing. That's it. You're done. Yeah, I just don't see them being the initiative. I see if you want to create a field and open it up for that type of resource and invite somebody like FWC to Do come out Do you think there'd there, be a way that they could be involved to help with that kind of situation or anything like that to offer their advice that's and not the, uh, advice? They give you advice. Would on they how have to a would it. they would they have a biologist available to go out there and help us to manage and show us exactly what? We should do for the field and where it should be and and all that it, kind of good stuff. It's probably not going to come from FWC. That'll probably be a different state agency, what, Department what, of Ag or something along that line. That would work hand in hand with the Maybe. FWC. Where they're going to get no. their information from? They got to get it from the state. Yeah, they'd have you to want get, to grow something. The farmer's the one that grows it. Yeah, but they'd have to get their information on when it came to the hunting and what was legal and not legal from the FWC. So they would still be working in there. They don't. Hand in hand. They're all out there. They're hunting themselves. So. <laughs> it's dove season. I'm out. 
if it was my field, this is what I'd do. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to call Tony Young and see so, where he's hunting. So That's the guy to follow. All right, well, then, okay. But, I guess we'll just work on our private field, and we'll go from there. Is no, that cool? I, th- I think just like anything else, if you want to start something up, we work to get it started. That's what we're going to try to do. And then you look to try and get people like FWC to come out there and and assist in the in the process. But uh, all that is usually organized. It'll have to wait until COVID's done because you know getting out there in the public during COVID, you know, you know. <sighs> I thought it was okay to be outside. Yeah, but not the interaction. I mean, it. it I hear, sm- I hear smelling uh, shotgun smoke actually kills the COVID virus, I, I, so it's I, all good. It's, it's in your I'm nose. I'm glad that's what you hear. That's what I hear. You know, that's why, mo- that's why all these people are going to the range these days. <laughs> Breathing a little burnt uh, nitro. It's all good. Dumb. <laughs> I did hear of a place that was uh, doing quite well on ammo. I need to verify that their their stockpile is staying consistent, but it's in Polk County. There are some places that uh, seem to get it consistently. Um, uh, we're small, not doing too small bad. Small place. Small place. You got to understand that I had a buddy of mine who drives for uh, for Yellow Freight, and he's like, "Man, I just dropped two big old uh, pallets of ammunition. That's gonna, you know, for for this for this gun shop." And I said, "Well, they own ten stores, so that means that they're gonna get two cases a piece." Yeah. So it seems like a lot when it's on the pallet, but when they distribute it out to all the stores, it'll be gone in a weekend. So uh, especially if they let the folks buy it by the case, it's not going to be there for very long. I, I Ammo is getting tough to find. Uh, it's it's coming out in spurts. The good news is is that uh, hunting rifles are, are being able to be found. That was the big concern is so many people were harboring, you know, going out there and trying to get like, tactical shotguns or tactical ARs or AK or whatever they could get their hands on. And now, you know, with hunting season right around the corner, dude trying to find a 30-30 lever action and all that stuff like that is is getting to be like pulling tiger's teeth, man. Deer hunter guns, uh, that'd be the first. If I was looking for a lever gun, that'd be the now, first, that'd now, be the first that place be I'd call. Would incisor tooth or whatever? The front you put your hand in there. I don't care if it's a molar <laughs> or an incisor or a canine, you pick one. But uh, if I was looking for a lever, I'd be looking over at uh, Chuck over there wow. at Deer Hunter Guns and see if I could find me one. Yeah. Well, he's usually pretty good over there. Have he's, something. He's got some new or nice used, ones. right? Yeah. He's got a lot of lever guns, really nice ones too. Ones that look at it, and every time I look at it, I go, "You know, I had the thirty thirty. Dad gave me the thirty thirty, and then I gave the thirty thirty back to Dad so he could hunt with it out there in Louisiana." No, he didn't. Give it. He gave it to Bart. So now Bart has the thirty thirty. I'm like, well, that's not how it works. Yes, it is. You gave it away. I. You I, think everything's got to come back to you that you gave away? I gave it to him to no. use, and he didn't use it. So you think it would return back to the original? But no, no, no. He gives it to Bart. There was no written contract. Verbal, verbal, it was verbal contract. You said I gave. It's on tape. Are we taping this? It's not on tape. See, it's not on tape. All right, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're taking a real quick break, you guys. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be right back.
you go. Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Bill George in the studio today, live and in person here at the Beasley Broadcasting Empire, along with Diego. And uh, I was just perusing through my uh, one of the groups that I'm in and uh, on uh, Facebook, uh, Gator Hunters of Florida, because Bill George wants to, I guess, brag a little bit that he's going again tonight. Got a nice nine-and-a-half-footer last weekend for a, a couple of young ladies who wanted to go out. And when I say young, they were little littles, like maybe twelve-ish or so. Well, got the, their first one. It's perfect size for someone. The, the other two were a little bit older than she was, a little bigger, so they were able to hold on to a rod and oh, fight good. it and and whatnot. And we're going to go back. They have three more tags to to get, and so I think we're going on the twelfth to to work on at least two more of those. Very nice. And uh, as I pointed out in the first hour, I was. Uh, when I'm uh, perusing through some of my groups that I'm in uh, with the gator hunting stuff, they're pulling out some very uh, high-quality uh, lizards this year. I don't know where they're finding these bad boys, but uh, there are some there are, there are some biggie boys. There are some getting. very nice lizards coming out. Uh, I'm seeing a lot of nice lizards, and I'm seeing a lot of nice pictures of bucks. I mean, it, people, people always poo-pooed on Florida, but... The antler restrictions that they did, you know, really were there to design to let that buck get to a year and a half old before he started getting hunted. And, oh, my gosh, what has happened in in doing that? There are pictures of a lot of very nice deer. You know, uh, it was like anywhere where they did that. I know that for so many decades – uh, they fought against that here in the state of Florida, and it was, uh, you know, people don't like the restrictions, and they didn't, they didn't like the idea of, uh, you know, if it, you know, the old adage, if it's brown, it's down, uh, was very popular in the state of Florida. Uh, they did the same thing in Missouri. I remember the uh, the first year that I ever went out there. I think they were in there second year or third year of antler restrictions that they were doing in only certain counties. It was almost like a, a cross. They were like straight down the middle and straight across, you know, it was like a cross. And just as an experiment, they were doing it in these certain counties. And uh, after what people saw what was coming out of those counties, they kind of, the other counties were like going, uh, can we do that over here now? I mean, uh, we see what's yeah. happening over there. And so they knew that by the amount of people that were applying for areas to go and hunt in, let's say, there were antler restrictions in Hickory County, but none in over in uh, Polk County. And the guys in Polk County were seeing what they were pulling out of Hickory County, and they were like going, oh, dude, we, we either got to go over there or we got to get that over here. For me, for me, I don't – the antlers are nice because when I shoot an animal that – let's say has a very nice set of antlers on them. I look at that a animal as a mature, wise animal. And anytime you match wits with something like that, and you've, you've gotten past his nose, you've gotten past his eyesight, his sound and everything else, you, you, you know, it's a lot different than if you turn around that little spike that you turn around or climbing up in your tree stand and he walks over trying to figure out what that sound is. You know, he's he's curious at that point. Yeah, he's a dummy and he's going <laughs> to die a dummy. So uh, I, I will say that uh, another reason that I was always for it, not was just to give it 
uh, more time, which was always a good thing to, to grow a little bit and maybe pass on some of his genetic material. But it was also a good way to see the genetic material. I mean, if you if you kill a spike and you don't give it a chance to grow, you don't know what it's ever going to be or what it's leaving behind. And so you're not one of the people who believe that spikes are always going to be inferior? No, because I used to think that way until I actually went to a uh, a whitetail seminar that was put on by Purina. Um, drove all the way up to Dade City to go and see these women talk about it. And they followed the life of this buck that started out as this little old, uh, you know, four-inch spike. And, and then the next year it grew, it was still a spike. And they would hold up and say, how many people would take this and shoot it off of their land, you know, after they saw it in year two? And it, I mean, almost 90% of the hands went up. They're like, oh, yeah, he's not going to grow up anything. And, you know, he's going to be he's going to be a cow horn spike for the rest of his life. Go ahead and get him out of there. And she said, well, for all you guys who said you would shoot this one here in year two, let me show you what he looked like in year five. And she held it up, and here was this massive beamed deer you know, that was a 12-point mature. I mean, bases on it, like, the, the, at the, the bigger round as golf balls. And she said, you would have taken this guy right out, and you would have never given him the opportunity to grow into what this potentially could be. Now, they didn't claim that it was anything to do with their nutrition. They said that we followed this progress of this deer, and these were his last sheds right here. This was at year four going into five, and this is what he looked like. And uh, everybody was like, well, crap. Man, I didn't know that. I mean, it opened up a lot of eyes, and I think that a lot of people, they still have that mentality. Spike going to be a spike no matter what. Now, not granted, some of them will stay a spike all their lives, but a lot of them don't. How many elks are on the wall that, you know, spike elk, shoot him. Shoot him, get him out of there. Two years old, he's got to go. If you'd have given him four more years, you know, he's kinging them out out there. What? Hey, age Age will turn around and let you see what they're capable That's of. That's what I'm saying. If you at so. least, you'll see what their genetic potential is if you give them a little bit longer to, to grow. And I, and I like that. And I like the fact that they're doing it this year. Are you beefing about it? You're not beefing about it, are you? No. No, I just, I, I'm, I'm always one. I don't care if he's, if he's a legal buck, I don't, I, I'll harvest him, you know? Yeah, it, I mean. I'm not, I'm not going to turn around and, you know. I look at it this way. I looked forward, seriously, I would go, when I would go out to Missouri and he would buy, I would buy three doe tags and an any buck, any deer tag. Because my main goal was to go out there and get three does, fill the freezer, and then worry about Mr. Moody Grande later on. Now, if he happened to walk out on day one, hey, you know, game over. But I, my main reason, get those does. Come home with me. Go get those does, man. They're easier to clean. They taste better. They're the whole nine yards. You know, get them in, get them out, get them done. Uh, when Steve and I got invited to go up to Georgia one year to go and help cull a bunch of does, you couldn't get me in the truck fast enough, man. Hmm. Saw some monster bucks, tooker, 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 run across the field. I was like, yeah, all well and good. I'm here for the girls. I ain't worried about you. That's somebody else's problem. Yeah. What? I'm just, See, I'm you, ready to go gator hunting. I'm ready to go. You. In gator right. mode. This well, is the I've worst thing fight, about you. I turned around. I, I told you earlier, I was fighting an engine, trying to get it running. We had issues last year. That's all year. fixed. It's all done. It's not fixed. I got a different engine on there yeah, now. Yeah, you're ready to go. But but 
the E-Tech, right now you can't even find a fuel pump in the United States. I've called all the way up New England. Well, they're made in Canada, so call Canada. No, the whole evidently Johnson Evernrude has gone d- south. Yeah, they uh, they filed for bankruptcy or something like that. And I now you can't find parts, and I don't know if it's part COVID. I don't whatever it is, you can't even find this part. They won't sell you just the fuel pump. You have to buy a whole evap- vapor separator. <laughs> Wait a minute, three hundred and some dollar part for a. fuel pump. What did you call it? A COVID pump? (laughs) I don't know what's causing all the disruption of parts, but I mean, it's it's terrible. Well, I'm sorry that you're you're going through that, but you'll still get an opportunity to go. You got a kicker from your brother, so you're all fine. Yes. It's no big deal. And you're going after Mr. Mui. This apparently is at least a 12-footer, so it'll be a good night for you. So, but... You know, what you're complaining? Uh, it, it's one of those things, and I really didn't realize that one of the service people told me a way that I may be able to soak the pump in in a particular solution and and then shock it real hard with 12 volts to try and get it to, to free up. But evidently, I was told that this motor, if you don't run it every four months, has a tendency to do this. I told you that. that every nasty four guess. months. You're going to turn me back into a fisherman. Nasty gas, man. I'm telling you. That stuff, I, do you think they're joking when they say you put that stay ball in there? If, you, if you're not going to run it for all the time, but it'll even fall then, apart. Even with all that, they still say you should run this particular motor about every four months. At least. At least. So, Carlos, when you said let's go for a ride, you were right. <laughs> go, blow, go blow out some of that carbon. Get it out of there. Running a little bit. That old two-stroke it used to be. I'd get there. It was gummed up at the beginning of the season. I could go in there, clean out a carb, get the float unstuck. Hose boom. it down with some carburetor cleaner yep. and uh, put a little uh, laughing yeah. gas down the this, tube. And- this high-tech sip gas, ecotech, whatever. It's, whatever it's the same you want thing with cars anymore, man. Oh, you my can't, gosh. You can't lift up cars anymore and uh, open the hood and go... Fix some, <laughs> something in here. Uh, no, gotta go get a computer guy. Yeah. Plug it in. They don't even open the hood anymore. They just stick it in the port underneath your uh, steering wheel and go. Okay, we know what's wrong with it. Yeah. Okay, we'll go fix it. Computer yeah. tells them everything. It's all good. There's a computer system on this too. Well, there you go. There's your problem. You need so. to go back and find you about a 1975, uh, you know, pull cord Evinrude. You know, where you wind it around the top and. <laughs> But hopefully way. a little bit do they later even have, on. Did they even have that on the top of the engine? Where if you no. break down, you could put the rope on no. the top and pull it and no. do that? No. They don't even have that I anymore? I don't think exists anymore. Seriously. Seriously. I remember the last Evinrude that my father had, it was a 115. It was a big old engine on the back of that. I think it was a manatee. It was a cathedral hull, beat you to death manatee boat uh, before he bought the Cobia. You take the cowling off, and it actually had the thing where you could put the cord on it and try to pull it still. That's back when we planned for alternative ways of doing it. That's right. Diego, thank you, man. Thank you for coming in and hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for everybody listening. We're going to do it again next weekend. Don't forget, we're going to be broadcasting live on the 12th out at Fishhawk Sporting Clays. We hope to see you out there. We are the Big and Wild. See you next Saturday. Have a great weekend, everybody.